0: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast yes it's one out of ten would recommend on today's episode of one out of ten we got a tasty special coming up served piping hot just for your listening privileges (laughs) stay tuned Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Amir Millock. No, your name is Eddie.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Shit, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, we are your hosts on uh, today's tasty ride down Foodopolis Lane. You could have just said the
1: supermarket aisle or restaurant row, but we'll go. Restaurant food. row, I like that. We'll go with Foodopolis Lane. Foodopolis Lane, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gents. Welcome back. We hope you guys enjoyed last, the last episode we released on diversity in university. We hope that was informative, a little thought provocative, and maybe, maybe we made you rethink a couple of things. Maybe we didn't. Hopefully you let us know by hitting us up in the DMs on Instagram. At one in the ten would recommend. Hit that follow Also hope you're hitting that like button, making sure you're subscribing on any and all audio platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, we're on it. Like white on rice. So, what are we talking about today?
0: Today's episode, we're going to keep it a little bit lighter, man. Something that we both know a whole lot about. Do we now? Do we? I've been doing it for 27 years. So have I. And it's amazing. It's, It's a highlight of my day. Every day. Whenever I'm in a bad mood. Yeah?
1: What do you do? I eat. You eat? Yeah. So do I. Hangry me is not me, man. It's not the same person. You go from Amir to uh, Ray Silverstein. Goldcock. Goldcock. Man's a killer. Don't get in that
0: man's way um, on, on yeah. a bad you day. You don't
1: want to be on, man, on, on Ray's uh, bad side. On All any right? given bad day. On any given he's bad a, day. He's a criminal. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's quit with the cringe. And let's start by... What's your favorite dish, man? Give me a couple. A couple are just your favorite food in general and why is there an emotional thing behind it cultural whatever you want to talk about let's hear it
0: yeah so eddie and i talked about developing this episode (laughs) a couple weeks ago and the question came up like hey man what do we both know a lot about and you know something that's a little bit interesting for the folks right for the people that are listening by the way welcome to any brand new listeners that we have we have a lot of episodes that we've already published please go take a listen to them To all of our returning listeners, welcome back. Now you guys get to learn a little bit more about us and uh, maybe some interesting facts. But going back to the episode, we said, you know what, we know a lot about food and we feel like food is something that a lot of people can relate to. So let's, let's make a food episode. So, Eddie starts asking me questions, and we're like, man, you know, we can, we can develop a pretty good episode about this stuff.
1: Yeah, man, for real.
0: So then he says, all right, man, let's list out a couple of our favorite foods and kind of why they're our favorite foods, and let's just roll with it. So, my favorite foods, man. I come from, so I'm originally from Bosnia. I was born and raised in Bosnia and moved to the States in 2000. The majority of the food that I like comes from a similar background as, as Bosnian food. What is Bosnian food? A whole lot of meat, a whole lot of potatoes, breads.
1: That's, it's a that's working man's meal.
0: Man, it's for the people that are digging ditches, getting them potatoes ready for y'all rich folk to sit down and turn into french fries. <laughs> it's us, man. So I, I definitely have to say my favorite dish is called cevapic. Uh, so cevape are these little sausages that we eat in Bosnia. Uh, you can typically get them in like five counts or ten counts. They're 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 kind of they look like little hot dogs, but they really taste like hamburgers. I yeah, guess like the you way can to put imagine
1: it. like a breakfast sausage link, but yeah. definitely tastes more like a burger. Yeah, there's no
0: link. there's no skin on the hot. dog There's no foreskin on the hot no. dog. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> It's just the meat, bro. It's just straight meat, bro. Clean. Clean meat, bro. Uh,
0: but typically... And it's a
1: combination of a few meats, right? Yeah.
0: Typically, it's a mix of lamb, beef, and veal,
1: I think. What the, uh, baby
0: cow, baby goat. And, and big cow. And big cow. <laughs> it's a mix of those. I, I don't know the names. You see, I just eat the food. I don't really cook it. I suck at the cooking piece. I'm a, I'm a master at the eating part, though.
1: Oh, let me tell you guys. When we get that chivape, We happen to be pretty lucky in that there is a Bosnian market... Like five minutes from, from our place? Yes. I have to echo Mr. Milak's sentiment about how delicious this is because it is quite delicious.
0: Yeah, man. It's really good. It comes in this, and it's the whole meal, right? So it comes, you get the sausages. If you're a man, you get a 10 count. <laughs> if uh, you are not a man, you still get a 10 count because it's that damn good. Yeah. And you get it in this bread. So What's the bread called? It's called lepina. But it's kind of like a naan, like a thick naan. Yeah. When you cut it open, it's, it's kind of hollow on the inside compared to most bread. That's It's a little bit fuller on the inside. Yeah, it's not like yeasted. It doesn't like... It just rises. There's nothing like in the middle. But it, it makes a good like a hamburger patty kind of for you to put the <coughs> sausages inside. Uh, typically, you do eat it with some sour cream uh, and what we call aivar, which is made of this like eggplant. It's made of eggplant and some other herbs this red sauce that comes with it and then also onions now the onions depends on who you ask a lot of people don't like the onions but then if you tell you know the cook he's a you no know, keep the onions i don't want the onions Oof, they give you a,
1: a little stank eye
0: they give you the stank eye even though you know you're gonna have the stank breath if you eat the onions
1: personally i like onions i just sometimes i'd rather avoid, avoid the onion breath so i never say no to the onions It's true, man. You can't get rid of that bread. Yeah, sometimes I just don't put the onions on it. Because it's always on, at least where we go, it's it's off to the side. So it doesn't come on the sandwich itself. And and none of the stuff ever comes on the sandwich. And pro tip, add a
0: little avocado on there. If you're Latino, add a little avocado on there. If you're European, add a little bit of avocado on
1: there. Because it's good as fuck.
0: (laughs) But that is probably my favorite, man. Uh, It is a little bit of a heavier dish. So absolutely absolutely if you eat the larger portion you're typically good for the rest of the day if you eat it at lunch like I won't get hungry again until yeah, no.
1: late late at night maybe a little fruit or something small at night because it is a very big meal it's the bread there's a lot of bread in there and the bread is delicious by the way it is it's very good man and what I've at
0: least noticed for me is that I don't really feel heavy heavy afterwards say compared to like going to an Indian like an sorry an American well, Indian, but here in America, all-you-can-eat restaurant where you have, like, the naan, you have the chicken tela masala whatever. Tiki masala. Tiki, tiki masala and the all that goodness.
1: rice and all that. And
0: when you load up on that, you know, you know the heavy that I'm talking about. Yeah. It feels like you're, like, dragging a dump truck around. And I think
1: part of it is the rice itself because yeah. if you probably avoid the rice and just do the tiki and the naan... You're probably not going to be as heavy. But, but yeah, you no, can How can you do that? I mean, you can't. Can you skip the foreplay and go straight to the... Sh- 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 it's not a good idea. It's an awful idea. A terrible idea. That's
0: probably not... <laughs> that's probably a one-way trip to uh, the good old pound down the street. Yeah, you ain't, you ain't coming back. Yeah. So that's... If I had to pick a dish that I could eat for the rest of my life, and a dish say that they were to get rid of, that, you know, I would cry probably the hardest. If they got rid of chihuahua. Because I could eat it every day. Yeah, yeah. No questions asked. How about you, man? What's your favorite dish? I'm going to say... Tacos. Really,
1: really basic. Tacos. No, it's not tacos. Quesadilla. No. It's pizza. Yeah! That was my number two. It's pizza. So, um, for those of you that may know, I'm I, I'm originally from New York. And we are snobs about pizza if we've ever lived in New York. Or even Chicago. You know, people in New York, Chicago... Very snobby about our pizza, but there's a reason why, man. I think you recently, last year, went to New York for the first time. My God, I went with you. You know the story. Uh, no, I I think. (laughs) (laughs) uh, You know. I was was trying to... Figure out how I was going to lay this bare.
0: <laughs> you were the tour guide. <laughs> Speaking of which, if you haven't listened to season two on uh, when we talk about our trip to NYC, go take a listen. It's in our season two. It's closer to the end of the, of the season. I, think, I believe it's season two. Episode it's episode eight. eight. Yeah. It's eight actually the last
1: time. episode we released in season two. Yeah.
0: It's um, an awesome guide. If you've ever thought about going to New York or want to go to New York, we went and we took some notes. And, you know, hey, give it a listen. See if you like it.
1: Yeah, for sure. But yeah, man, that's, you know, it might sound basic, but also it's just something about New York-style pizza that I, I love. And I when I moved down to North Carolina, you know, moved down with the family and everything, it's one of the things I miss the most. A good New York slice cannot be beat. I, and unfortunately, I think when we went, we did not have time to hit up the one place I wanted us to go to. There were two spots we I wanted to take us to. One, traditional New York pizza, Joe's. Joe's, I think, in New York has four or five different locations. We did go to Lombardi's. We did. Lombardi's was delicious. Only take cash. Yeah, Yeah, they only take cash. The cool little thing about Lombardi's is that they are considered one of the first pizzerias in the country. Yep. Okay, so they've been around since, I think, the early 1900s. But yeah, man, it's pizza just because... You think something like pizza is basic and standard, but there's so many different flavor profiles, dude. And it's easy to mess it up. It's easy to mess it up when you're making it. It's easy to make it taste bad if the sauce is off or your dough is off or the mix of cheese you're using or the uh, temperature of your oven. Like it is a simple thing to put together, but not so easy to execute because you can have a lot of average pizza. But good, good, good New York pizza You will always remember how it tastes like It's a, it's a bite of heaven Every time I get into that Joe's pizza
0: Dude, you're not, you're not blowing smoke out your ass, bro I, Because I would see it here It's <laughs> a cringy joke <laughs> uh, The real joke is that Even a bad slice <coughs> of New York pizza Is a good slice of pizza yeah. And I can, I can definitely put my name on it Right next to you there, man New York pizza has a special taste even like the two ninety nine or the three dollar combos, where you get like two slices, slice, two and slices, drink.
1: and a drink, at any time of day,
0: any time of day, man. So you go.
1: when we went, we stayed in Manhattan. I think it was in Midtown, and right down the street from our hotel was one of that particular two ninety nine special that Amir's talking about. Amazing. And I think what well, we were there for four days, at least four or five days, at least two or three times, we got back to the hotel. It was late, we were hungry, guess where we're stopping?
0: Pizza, pizza.
1: And it's cheap pizza, but it was it, ta- it still tasted great. It didn't, and no hangover. No, <laughs> no hangover. No hangover, it's so, all that grease. You know, in particular, New York, New York style pizza, here in Charlotte, there's a few that I've tried. Uh, Librettos, uh, which is at the epicenter, which I think now has changed name. Is not bad. There's another spot. Oh, I forget the name about of it, but there's a couple of spots around here. I will have to put that in the in the in the uh, podcast notes.
0: I would um, say here at one of my favorite places is Fuel Pizza.
1: Yeah, I yeah, know, I think it's got a pretty good taste. Yeah, and I'm,
0: there's a couple locations, and what's strange is it's the same chain. They taste, but different. they all taste different. Yep. Each location tastes different, and it's a it's a bit of an old school pizzeria. Uh, the one that's close by to our place, they recently changed up their dough. So when we say it's easy to mess up, even something as simple as just changing your dough can definitely throw off your
1: pizza. Absolutely, man. And honestly, my favorite pizza in the Charlotte area, because it's not really... Technically, this spot's like 40 minutes away. It's nearby where I work, but it's called Enzo's. It's run by this lady from New Jersey, man. So she knows her shit. Pizza's great. It reminds me of home every time I go and get a slice or two for lunch while I'm over there. Great, 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 great pizza, but you know pizza in general, I think you can we can say is is amazing, right? Yeah. Even Domino's, Pizza Hut, all that stuff. Dude, put, me it, up. it's not my favorite, but I'm never mad when I eat no. a Domino's slice or a Pizza Hut slice or Papa John's. Can't
0: slice, be mad right? when you're eating pizza, man.
1: And then the variations, right? There's a, called a, there's something called the Sicilian slice. There's the Neapolitan traditional pizza, which I think is really what Lombardi's was when we were up there. And uh, there's Chicago's deep dish, man. It is delicious. If New York style is number one for me. Chicago deep dish is like 1A. Yeah. And right? what's
0: interesting about this food for pizza, it's, it's pretty cheap, man. It is. I don't think I've ever had
1: a really expensive pizza. Which there are out there. But yes, for the most part... It's accessible to anyone. Yeah, I've had some really
0: <coughs> good pizza that was cheap. Yeah. It was less than five bucks, man. Yeah, for a combo, and it's, it's it's awesome. But when you think of foods, that got us talking about the topic of expensive foods, right? Because we're sitting there saying, "Hey, pizza, it's cheap and it's delicious. How much more delicious can food get?" And with anything in this world, the more you pay, you would assume the better the food. Yes. So then we got onto the topic of is expensive food worth it? We're talking about dishes that like a night out would cost per person a hundred plus dollars, and would that be
1: worth it? Yeah, man, and I think so for those of you that may know I know we got some you know the friends, the homies listening to it, they know that my dad and a big part of my family has always been in the restaurant business. At least for a long a, pa- a long part of their lives and then it's what their careers and jobs have been for most of their lives. Cousin of mine owns a restaurant up in New York, up in Bushwick. Plugging him right now, Amaranto in Bushwick. A-M-A-R-A-N-T-O. Amaranto. It's on Hart Street in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Go check it out. Delicious food. Amazing food. Delicious food.
0: food. We, and if you want to, once again, Season 2, Episode 8, we talk about the restaurant and the foods we got there. We the do, dishes. we do.
1: So... You know, plenty of my family has been in it and they've been exposed to a lot of different things in their culinary careers. I love watching shows like MasterChef. I love watching shows like Hell's Kitchen. But it's rare that somebody, you know, we go out and eat a very, very expensive dish. Contrary to popular belief... We don't make a lot of money off the
0: podcast. <laughs> we're, we're, right now, we're actually paying. <laughs> <laughs> very true. This is very, very true. We're paying so that you guys can hear our beautiful voices yeah. so, every
1: episode. Yeah, it's a very valid question because, like, Amir, like you said, the more expensive, the more tasty you would think it tastes.
0: The way I relate it is I think of cars. Right. I think of uh, maybe some technology. The more I spend on it, typically the better it is. Like for example, a Bugatti versus a Toyota Corolla. Right. Right. I drive a Toyota Corolla, but I bet you anything in this world when I sit in that Bugatti is gonna be like a life shocking experience. It's gonna be completely different. So then I assume, well wait, listen, a pizza is five bucks. That means a dish that's a hundred say twenty five bucks mm-hmm. like a night is gotta like be amazing. It's gotta be life changing. Because if I were to drive a Bugatti, that'd be a life-changing experience.
1: Yeah, man. And I totally understand. We've had, actually, a lot of conversations about this particular subject. Because, to me, it gets to a point where, I personally, I think food is an art. You know, that's why whenever you go and you're trying to be a chef, it's called a culinary arts. Right? So I think there's a lot of things involved to create some of these dishes that make them so expensive that then make them worth paying so much money. I think, so let's say, what's the most expensive dish you've ever paid for?
0: Oh man, it was definitely a birthday in the past. It was probably, I would say probably like $40 a person just for the entree, like the main entree, right? So you still had wine, still had a dessert. So I think the total night came out to roughly around $150, $170 yeah. for two people. But that's also, that's before the tip, right? Because then you have to add the tip on if you're in the States. Uh, but it wasn't great. Like an entree, I think it was roughly between, I want to say 40 and $45. And it was good. It was good, but I wouldn't be able to justify eating that often, and I wouldn't be able to, like, if I were to eat it blindfolded and you were to ask me put a price tag on this, right? I wouldn't say $45. Really? And that's what started the conversation with us two is, is it worth it? And I was like, bro, it's not worth it, man. I'm not going to spend $150 per person to go to this restaurant just so I can eat a dish for an hour. Yeah. I can spend $150 in an hour in a much better establishment. And get a lot more out of it. It's like the arcade. <laughs> Buy me a teddy bear then of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think... uh mine mind at the gutter, boy.
1: I don't remember what the last really, really expensive dish I ate. I think not long ago, we went to Wolfgang Puck Kitchen. Uh, and sometime last year, right? And I got... I don't remember if it was sea bass or something with a gremolata... And Whatever the hell a grumalata is. I also got a seared, no, a grilled octopus as an appetizer. That it was, was very. Tasty. I think it was a, was it squash, uh, some sort of squash sauce. Uh, uh, I don't
0: remember. I remember the octopus was tasty. Though. Yeah,
1: yeah. There was some some sort of sauce made with some. You know, I don't know what I don't remember what large vegetable. And I think it was in the squash family. But that I think I paid like 40, 40 to fifty bucks. Maybe 60 total, including, you know, a drinking and tip. And that is relatively pricey for just one person. Yeah. Right? Most people are not going to go on a random Wednesday night, Thursday night, and have a $60 meal just by themselves or hanging out with friends, right? Yeah. No. But I love it. I mean, I, whenever, I get, whenever I get a chance to try these things and try new restaurants, personally, I love it. I am willing to spend the money on good food if it's, it's good and if it's an experience, right? There's a couple restaurants. One is called The Fig Tree here in Charlotte. Another one is called Kindred. Kindred has consistently been ranked one of the best, if not the best restaurant in Charlotte. So, to me, I think the fact that understanding how much work goes into creating a dish and having those mix of flavors uh, come together when you know, like, you know, it's made with this, this, and this, and this is what it tastes like. Like, I just, there's no way I could replicate something like that, right? Like, to me, all those combinations of flavors, even just going to Wolfgang Cook Kitchen, I was like, damn, there's no way I could replicate it. It would take me a long time to practice and refine my cooking technique to replicate the dish that I just ate. Even though we're eating at a fancier chain, right? Or I think it was for your sister's birthday. We went to a nice restaurant up in Greensboro. Yeah,
0: it was Greensboro. Right?
1: And there I had, it was actually a, uh, it was a, a braised, I forget what part of lamb. With actually a different gremolata as well, and some risotto. It's a gremolata.
0: This is the second time I'm
1: asking. Uh oh, I actually don't know. I just know. <laughs> that's, that's why you avoided the question. <laughs> no, I didn't realize you asked me. Because as the reason I'm not sure exactly what it falls under is because it, it like there's a lot of different ingredients from one something you can call a gremolata to the next, right? So I, I don't actually know. I it's can't a sauce. give you guys an answer. Uh, it's a garnish, not a sauce okay. necessarily. So then that's
0: where we had the question. That, that was the clash right there, right? The fact that I was like, man, I couldn't spend that much money on food. And then you say, man, I can definitely spend that much money mm-hmm. on food. And I kind of, I understand it. I understand the experimentation that goes into it. I understand the art, the presentation, the evening. Say like you walk in, there's music, the service is great. The food is average, but everything else is great. I think you would still say, hey, the food was really good. Just because that total experience is what you're paying for. You're not just paying for that dish. Versus say you get a really good dish, a very above average dish at a super shite restaurant where the server just comes around one time and doesn't come again. Right? You'd say, hey yeah, the food is pretty good, but the service was shit. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think you pay for the whole experience. So I can see that, but then I was like, man, it's $150 for these Michelin star-rated restaurants. I, I no way in hell... No, couldn't do it. Couldn't even think about it. To me, it was like paying $10 for, for like that fancy, expensive toilet paper. <laughs> like A lot of work goes into it. And think about toilet paper just in general, bro. How many times you wipe your butt and it doesn't tear? Right? Like There's a lot of work that there's, goes into there's it.
1: There's some engineering, some very impressive engineering that actually goes behind making any paper product.
0: Now imagine wiping your butt with regular sheets of paper. Right? You better give them a shout-out like this. <laughs> thank you, toilet paper engineers. You guys... Definitely make the world go round.
1: Yeah, do not make fun of no toilet paper engineer though, because let me tell you they make bank. They probably do. Right. So they probably got a better bank account than most people. They probably just, got shitloads shit of loads. money. <laughs> 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 I see what you did there. I but see what you that's did. That's where
0: I was at, man. And I was like, I couldn't I couldn't do it. So then I started asking Eddie, well, why is it worth it? Because I know cheap ass food that's really good. How much better can it be? So then it was a question of, all right, what's your favorite restaurant? What's your restaurant that's your dream to go to? Yeah. Right. So, Eddie, tell the nice folks that are listening, what's your number one? What's, what would be your favorite restaurant to ever go to?
1: My right? dream, there's two. There's two restaurants that I really want to make it to before I leave this earth. All right. One is in Mexico City called Puyo. And it's not spelled Puyo like Tarzan, but it's spelled with a J, All right. So I really that,
0: like Puyo. He's referring to the soccer player. Yeah, that played AM, for I am. AM. Barcelona, FC, FC Barcelona, greatest, FC
1: greatest soccer team and football team in the world in the history. The walking trash can, juice history. batteries. Um, trash cans. Puyol in Mexico City. He's is, a defender for them. Yes, he was. He was one of the probably one of the best defenders of all time. To yeah. be quite amazing honest, amazing player. Amazing. Um, so respect to him and respect to Bar- FC Barcelona. Said forget nobody that. ever except forget, for him. Forget that. Forget that. Madrid team. Um, exactly. So, yeah, my first one on my list is is Puyol in Mexico City, okay?
0: And what makes it special, man? Like, give me, if you can, give me the price range Mm -hmm. and then some interesting specs about it. Maybe like waitlist, like can you just, can anybody go? Mm -hmm. Um, Typically, what do you get? As a court, like the meals mm-hmm. at that night, is it a one course, two course, five course, yeah. fifteen course? Because for that much money, it better be a thirty course. Do my laundry, drive me home, <laughs> tuck me in the bed. And so kind of
1: anyone can go to it. Uh, reservations, you just have to look at their calendar and maybe even call to see when there's availability. Because I remember checking before Corona, I looked to summer or no fall of this year. And there were no openings. That's crazy. There were no openings whatsoever. Price per person, I believe, is between 2 and, two and $250 per person.
0: You're just going to say it casually. You <laughs> should have had a pause in there and be like, Price <laughs> is...
1: It's
0: $2 to two hundred. $200! Per person. Per fucking person! Yes. You,
1: you know what you can do with $200? A lot, yes. You could go to the arcade. I can and go, have a great time. I can go have one of the most delicious meals I will ever have in my life. Bro, yeah, but you could also go and pay half a car payment of a nice <laughs> car. A nice-ass car. Yeah, yes, you could. Yes, those are all valid points. So then tell me, man, what do you get for that 200 man? So they make, uh, so they have, uh, I believe it's a seven, between seven and nine courses. Menu changes, um, you know, seasonally or whatnot. But, you know, they actually, they serve tacos,
0: Okay, $200 tacos. Boy, you keep digging this hole, bro. You're making my me, argument me, very me, easy. Let me,
1: let me, yeah. So they actually use their Gold masa... Gold-plated tacos. These are these their, are Arabian specials. Their right masa here. is actually made using huitlacoche, which is a very specific type of corn. It's actually... It itself is not that terribly expensive, but it does raise the price up of what your meal is going to be. Uh, you get a bunch of different courses. I believe one course includes octopus and some seafood. And then... The uh, the main sort of attraction is their mole. The special thing about this mole is that it's been basically cooking for over 18,000 days. Alright, so what they do is...
0: 18,000 eight, days? Or
1: 1,800?
0: You know how many 18,000 days
1: are? That's years! Yeah, it's been like seven years. That it's cooked? Yeah, so what they do is they technically take the base of the previous day's mole and use it to create the next day's mole, the current day's mole, for dinner service. Okay, so it's got sort of an infusion of an insane amount of ingredients that they've used and changed up throughout the years to make this mole. And actually, they use, they sort of, when they plate it, they give you the older base, which is a much darker color, and the newer base, which is a lighter color. And so there have people literally... Fall head over heels in love with this mole because it's unlike anything they've ever. tasted. Sure it's not. Maybe the smell.
0: It probably, I guarantee you, it's not like anything. that this shit's been sitting there for
1: three years. And it hasn't really been just sitting there. So my mom like,
0: told me if anything sits longer than a week, bin it. Well.
1: <laughs> it's it's based So they you know the base of the mole is what they continually use. So it's not like it's it's spoiled food or anything. But yeah, there's aspects of that dish that basically you're eating part of something that initially was first cooked seven years ago, eight years ago. And that is sort of their staple dish. Uh, I don't remember the desserts at all, but um, but I'm sure they're delicious as well. So, you know, it's, it's basically a two-hour experience from what I've read online and what I've heard and, and, you know, reading reviewers and people that have experienced. All these YouTubers that I've checked out, not a single one has ever regretted their experience. Uh, Puyol, I believe, currently for the year is in the top 10 restaurants in the world. And I think it's either one or two in North America. So it is headed up by chef, master chef, uh, Enrique Olvera, who also happens to have a restaurant in New York City called Cosme. I, I would enjoy eating at Cosme. I think I'd love to try it, but, you know, it's not something I absolutely have to do. And I have another shout-out to Andrea Soto Ines. She, she's her his protege. She runs Atla, which is sort of a sister restaurant to Cosme in New York City. much more affordable, definitely not two to three hundred dollars per person. but you're definitely gonna pay 40 fifty bucks for a meal. But I mean there, there's there's so much and just, like I just I would want to go there right now and and sit down and have a dinner and and talk about one of the best meals of my life, right
0: Man, I I'm still struggling with it. Yeah. I get the amount of time and effort and practice. And presentation and failed efforts, ingredients, quality ingredients. You can't just cook anything for that long. Even if it's like, we're talking about the the, the sauce, what is it, guacamole? It's just mole. mole, it's just mole. The mole, you can't just put crap ingredients in there and then it'd be good. You have to invest some time, you have to invest money. But then I'm sitting there thinking like, man, $200, a person and it's booked up. <clears throat> that means there's a lot of people going. Unless he's got one table.
1: No, it's, it's quite a it's quite a, a, a sizable restaurant.
0: Which he wouldn't be able to have a proper restaurant. He wouldn't be number one of the top ten if he didn't have room for plenty of people. Yeah. So that starts to make me think, man. Okay, so maybe, man, maybe it's just because I haven't tried it. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I understand, man, because so to and just to give you guys my other restaurant, because I know I mentioned there's two. It's uh, the French Laundry. Brand by Chef Thomas Keller out in California. A beautiful sight of a restaurant. Again, he's got like a, a tasting menu. And because it is in the States and he actually uh, was named, the French Laundry actually a few times was named best restaurant in the world. And uh, the way they introduced the rankings, he's no longer eligible because he's previously won that honor, mm, right? Okay. One of the most well-respected chefs in the world. He also owns and runs Per Se in New York, which is one of the most expensive restaurants. Actually, top five most expensive restaurants in the world. I think Per Se is 550 per person.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, for $550, I know many, many things I'd much rather do for $550. I can spend that in one night in much better places.
1: Like so, at the um, arcade. <laughs> I could buy two teddy bears with that shit, on. <laughs> you could, you could. Uh, but the French Laundry uh, is, I believe that one, because it is in the States, is between 250 to 300 per person. Uh, so not quite as expensive as per se, but definitely a little more expensive than Puyo.
0: So would you say that <clears throat> American restaurants are typically more expensive?
1: Not just before? American. A lot of European restaurants that are are, are that caliber are going to be that expensive. Yeah. Um, I... I think, though, some of the most expensive of all are in Japan, in China. And do they tip at those kind of restaurants? Oh, uh, in the U.S., yes, because it's custom. Oh, hell no. Nah.
0: Hell nah. yeah, you no. Know. I'm paying $550. You better be tipping me. <laughs> you better be carrying me out the damn restaurant like a king. So you
1: got to realize, you know. Lift like,
0: my chair up and literally scoop me into my car, you know, into if, my
1: Toyota Corolla. If they use uh, ingredients like... Some some seafood that they use, right? Uh, I think that was it blue crab or some shit. It's like a couple hundred dollars to get just a, two three crabs in to use them for the day for dinner service. And they've got to be brought in fresh. Catch
0: them, they go catch them themselves by hand?
1: Uh, almost something like that. They got right? like a
0: pool in the backyard that they're like growing or, these things know, in?
1: You know, people use Kobe beef at these restaurants, which is very expensive. Bro, those
0: cows they get better know. treatment than I do. They do, absolutely. Better massages yeah. than I've ever received in my life. Yes,
1: Definitely. Yeah, it's just the quality of ingredients that they use, their duck, it's just the way they're raised, um, the uni or whatever they're using for their ingredients is just top-notch ingredients, and they're very expensive, right? So you have to appreciate, at least I appreciate it. I know some people will disagree saying I will never pay that much because you're not alone, right? There's plenty of people that, that would never pay that much for a meal, which is completely understandable, I think if it wasn't because I, like, you know, growing up, my, my, I saw uh, for my parent, for my dad, for my grandmother, uh, well, let's say for my dad. It was more a labor of because that's, he ended up, that, that's what he did, so he got good at it. But there wasn't necessarily any passion behind it, right? He's more recently grown into really becoming passionate about cooking, okay? He's a very good cook regardless but putting thoughts into his own plates and dishes and stuff is just more recent. My grandmother, though, on the other hand, you know, makes a delicious mole. and I see the time, the ingredients, just for a similar kind of mole that you would find at Puyo, takes about four and a half hours to make for my grandma to do so, right? And that's just a very, you know, simple, it's delicious. To me, it's delicious. I've had other moles come nowhere near close. My, my grandma uses a bunch of spices and shit, right? So seeing that and then realizing well these are cheap ingredients and she's cooking this shit for 4 hours a day. What if she was using expensive ingredients? Yeah, some, you know, I would be willing to pay more for that. Right? Now would
0: you so then the question is is it the food that's worth it or is it the entire experience?
1: I think it's both. And and so a big part of what you're doing in a restaurant like that. So you know, there's there's other restaurants I'd love to visit, Aline, for example is some is is a restaurant in Chicago that actually supposed to it's supposed to be like sensory active, so everything they do in that restaurant I think he's only got three tables right it's it's it can you can fit like eight, twelve, and sixteen people on a table hmm. that's all he serves per night
0: It's supposed to make you like horny for the food with the lights
1: basically huh? so there's a lot of different interactive things and so that whole interactive sensory thing is supposed to make your experience. It, that one, they're definitely selling you more than just the food. That one is advertised as you're paying for an exp- a one-of-a-kind experience that you will not regret. You see, I could pay for that. I could pay yeah. for that. You see, if
0: you get like more of like a you're-not-going-to-get-this-anywhere-else kind of thing, Yeah, maybe I'd pay that. For the experience that's so, you could say... <clears throat> What is the what is it's
1: extremely the, unique. It's a unique <clears throat> experience. Yes, yes, it's
0: extremely unique. Alon A is I would I would be able to say, Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I'd i do that. Yeah. But if it's just like a restaurant man and and it's just above average, very above average service or something like that, here in the States I probably wouldn't, just because of the whole tipping mentality. The fact that you're paying three hundred dollars for food, and then you're in, you're expected to put another twenty percent for <laughs> the tip. You wow, bro! <laughs> nah, <laughs> yo, no way, Jose. I cleaned the plate, bro. Like there's <laughs> nothing else for you to do. Like dudes, you know what's not really crazy?
1: That. In some, I think in France especially. And uh, then hold,
0: uh, before I get to, <clears throat> and then because I know there's some listeners like, eh, well, they don't get paid anything. You should tip them uh, maybe twenty percent. Of a hundred bucks 20% is twenty dollars.
1: Twenty percent of thirty. Twenty
0: percent of, of two hundred bucks is forty dollars, right? That and that's I'm not there for longer than an hour.
1: Maybe two be, hours. Say two
0: hours. That's twenty dollars an hour that he's getting paid. Engineers get paid that. So don't you come here and tell me <laughs> that they don't get paid anything. Me when you're an asshole, blah, 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 blah. they get paid better than I do. <laughs>
1: <So> <laughs> ain't no
0: getting no tip from y'all, motherfuckers. Don't spit in my food. You hear me?
1: <laughs> Please. So. You know, there's restaurants like Alana that are definitely about the experience, and overall, rest- these restaurants are going to create an ambiance that is everything from when you walk in, the way they, uh, the way they're going to pull your chair out for you, the way the napkins are folded, the way they're going to serve your food for you, they're going to attend to you very well, right? So the whole experience in most of these restaurants is supposed to be pleasurable, right? There's uh, there's actually a restaurant in New York called Eleven Madison Park, which actually caters to a lot of unique Requests For their diners So one time Homie was uh, I think the, the story goes That this one Very rich guy Was eating there And, and he He had the, the delicious food And he was like That was delicious He's like But I'm really craving A hot dog Out of the street car So they went And got him a hot dog
0: For $75 No
1: they I don't know If they charged him or not Probably But the point is Then they were like Well we should be open To taking these Quirky requests From Steak our customers Steak and dance. So, <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I know I, a place you can I'm, get I'm that. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure. Less, there's, than there's 100, less than 100 But I'm going to shoot this at you, man. So, a few weeks ago, I cooked what would normally be a very expensive meal at a restaurant.
0: And what was the meal, bro? Let our, it let our was, listeners know. It
1: was a beef Wellington. Okay. Now, I fucked up in the first part of this process, right? It was supposed to be a wine sauce that I actually used. Uh, Gordon Ramsay's recipe for the wine sauce, and I mixed a couple of recipes to do the Wellington. I took Gordon Ramsay's and a couple of other recommendations from different websites. So it's kind of a mosh of several recipes for the actual Wellington. The wine sauce itself took me about two and a half hours. Turns out I didn't reduce the wine enough. It tasted way too tart, way too bitter. I didn't want anyone to eat that shit. Then the Wellington took me about the same amount of time, about two hours and change and I made some very simple side dishes with it. Well, I made one simple side dish and, and bought another side. So, I made uh, bought mashed potatoes already made from the butcher shop that I bought all these ingredients at. <clears throat> and then I just bought some yellow and green zucchini squash, right? A quick saute. And I and I served that to you and a couple of my brother Kev who's been featured on the podcast before, and then another one of our friends who was over, right? She she wanted to be part of this as well. So, overall to Full disclosure of how much I spent. No, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Before you get there, before you get there, okay, you should ask me what I thought of the taste. What you thought it would taste like? No, or? what I thought of the taste. What did you think? So, keeping in mind that, yes, you're my friend, dear friend, <laughs> very good friend, I'm going to be brutally honest. Go ahead, be brutally honest. It was good, man. Yeah. It was good. It really was, man. I could definitely tell that the ingredients were a little bit more. They weren't just the basic stuff that you can get on off the shelf, right? They were definitely better quality. It was delicious. Like, I, I got done and I was like, man, this is amazing. Plus, like, the sides, it was... A good balance because the beef Wellington had uh, it was like very beefy, very bready there was a, it was very heavy, and then you have the lighter uh, uh, vegetables on the side that kind of balanced out the dish pretty well so I think I thought it was really good, man. I really thought it was good. Uh, I think if you do it again, I would definitely like to eat that course again <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things where um, I thought about it. I was like, well, you know, if you go out and say say Hell's Kitchen, if anybody ever watches Hell's Kitchen, it's Gordon Ramsay's famous, uh, one of his famous dishes, right? Um, I think it's like 40, between 40 and $60 per plate if you go in there, right? So I was able to make this dish not taking into account the shit that I bought extra or that I fucked up on, just what we actually ate on the plate, uh, for about $90. The beef tenderloin itself was about 60 and I actually got a uh, choice not prime Which is a little cheaper the prime would have probably ran me 80 to 90 dollars for just a tenderloin uh, And then uh, all the other ingredients put together was about 90 dollars for that meal that I cooked right it But it took me about two and a half to three hours to put that on the plate for you. Even more so because it was one of the dishes I had been wanting to make for a long time. I was scared to because I was like, man, I know the ingredients are expensive. I don't want to fuck it up. I even bought extra puff pastry just in case I didn't wrap it well. And then we ended up making a nice little, you know, dessert out of it because I I managed to do it on my first try. So one, I was very proud of myself. But two, the, the meal was delicious, right? And so I was like, so I was like, damn, and these people have. Practice For years So I'm sure if we go to a restaurant And eat a beef wine And it's going to taste even better Because I'm not going to lie Personally I noticed A lot of my errors Like I had over-seasoned The mushrooms a little bit this guy. I didn't wrap it quite As well as I needed to you Wrap your whacker <laughs> Before you attack <laughs> Alright <it. laughs> Yes Do that
0: Great advice <laughs> but, but listen But clarify too It wasn't You didn't spend $90 On one meal We had
1: Four? Yeah, yeah, it was four people, and we that had night. some leftovers,
0: and two more. Yeah, you had ninety dollars for six meals. Yes, that to me is a okay. Yeah, that's that's like what, like fifteen bucks a plate. Yeah, fifteen bucks a yeah. plate. Yeah, bro, yeah keep be, it in are mind. Awful with our math, bro. Did I just do that right? No, man, I'm amazing. <laughs> it's fifteen bucks a plate, bro. It's the inner engineer coming out of it.
1: Yeah,
0: master calculator. So,
1: you're right. You're right. It was it was fifteen bucks a plate. But, like I just said, I did not get the top quality ingredients, right? So, it was. For that
0: plate, if I were to have ate that dish, same exact dish, say you had a restaurant with the sides and the main entree, I probably would have paid like 35 bucks for it. Right. And I'd be A okay with it. Mm -hmm. Like, it was delicious, man. It was really, really good. And you can tell, you could tell the effort that was invested in it because of the different consistencies. Of the foods that were used to make it, yeah. right? Because you had the mushrooms that were like cooked differently at
1: a different temperature than
0: the the meat that was cooked. You could tell it was it was a lot of time invested. So for that, I think that was a big W.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you know, it only made me appreciate even more what some of these chefs put together. Um, so it just kind of solidified for me that I am absolutely willing to pay that amount for certain experiences. Obviously, I, you know, someone offers me. You know, let, let's go to dinner and, you know, here in Charlotte somewhere, and it's a two hundred dollar seat. I might decline, you know, just because I, you know, if I don't know the restaurant. You better that's get ena- a that's and another. That's another thing. Things. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's another thing, right? Like, I'm I'm, I'm definitely willing to go to a lot of these restaurants, but I know I have an idea of what they're gonna, what I'm expecting, right? Um, a lot of other. There's a saying,
0: so I watch a show called Top Gear. And uh, it transformed later into the Grand Tour. It's uh, three British guys. Amazing show. If you haven't watched it and you're a car guy, watching it. Funny,
1: entertaining, informative. They have,
0: they have a rule. And their rule is never drive your dream car. And the reason being is your expectations will never be met. It won't be what you think it is. It will never beat your imagination. With that in mind, Mm. I feel like a restaurant... You can kind of use that same concept in a restaurant.
1: I think you could, but because I've never... So I've never eaten at that level of a restaurant. Which means I have expectations and I am... Because of sort of the lore behind some of these chefs that I believe in, maybe that hypes it up a little more or that'll make me justify, right? So I'm not going to say I'm not biased. But at the same time... I've never had that level of cooking, like the the, the like the, the amount of time they've invested in putting all like because it really is a lot of it is a science like figuring out how to put these ingredients together to get those specific those flavor profiles. It, it it takes so long to get the experience and the knowledge to put that together. So it's just one of those things. Even myself, like I found that I, I, I as I because I do cook quite a bit as a home cook. I'm I'm okay. I'm decent. So, like, you, you, you learn, you, know, you understand your own progression, and, you know, it, it took me probably five to seven years to really be, feel comfortable and say, okay, I feel okay giving it a go at making the Beef Wellington.
0: Seven, get, get the
1: come on, man. Uh, no,
0: dude, I, I don't think it's that hard to cook. I really don't. To cook average, I don't think it's that hard to cook.
1: I think I'm average at best as a cook.
0: I don't know, man. I'd say you're slightly above average if you compare yourself to an average Joe Schmo off the street. Yeah. Um, oh, man, who man, cooks man, Dino man, Bites man. and French fries, right? So I definitely see the value that that's included in the entire package. Yeah. So whenever people, you know, say, hey, $500 or uh, yeah, hey, 200 I don't know about that. Yeah. Right? The $200 <laughs> one, I could definitely see it if it's like an experience. Yeah. And if it's something that you're not going to forget, a night that you won't forget. Yeah. You can't buy experiences very often. Yeah. Well, you can right? But you know what I'm talking about. Like when we went to New York and when we were standing on top of the Empire State Building and it's like the sun setting and it's just that whole vibe, the whole environment. It's like everyone shut the fuck up. Like just shut up. Let me just enjoy this moment right now. Yeah. And just take everything in. Yeah, 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 I feel like moments like that that you're going to remember when you're old are worth it.
1: Yeah.
0: Are worth it. So even though I'm hating on it, yeah, I'd say, ah, okay, I'll probably buy it. toilet paper just to see what it feels like.
1: (laughs) So, you know, to each their own. I mean, this is definitely not something we're trying to convince anybody of. Uh, But to me, like I said... I am. I hope... You know what? I hope I convince
0: you with my last spiel there just so you can right into the podcast and slide in our DMs and let us know what restaurant you went to what you thought of it how much did it cost you did you get a foot massage because I heard legend has it you get foot massages with these things you can which might be worth it so just <laughs> let us know slide in them DMs
1: alright so that I think uh, let's wrap this episode up man I think just a couple of fun little things we're going to talk about before we, we close out for today while we're on the subject of food Pop quiz. I hope you're ready, bro. It's gonna be a challenge. All right, me versus let's let's you. go, let's go. So
0: Alright, we both have picked out three foods.
1: Now, unfortunately, I'm gonna talk about a couple that you already know the answer to. So hopefully what? you got me some surprises. Let's go.
0: Bro, what is this supposed to be a challenge? I'm gonna win, hands down, easy okay, money Okay, okay, fine. Easy okay, but I'll give you what my first answer was then when we first talked about right. those couple that right? uh, and then at the end we'll see who has the most points and, and he's the winner. And the loser, the loser has to cook a beef wellington. Again, (laughs) with all the same ingredients. (laughs) Alright, so the name of the game is Name the Origin. So we're going to name a food and we'll give it a little pause so that we can let our listeners also take a guess at where this food came from. If you guess right, you get a point. If you guess wrong, you don't get a point. Okay, so let's go. My first food that I have here, very popular in the United States. Basically, you can get it anywhere. Hamburger. What is the origin of the hamburger? Isn't it is Canadian? It? I was going to give you guesses. I was gonna give you oh, chances. okay. Well, the well, what's the guesses? What's, what's the chances? Here, just to make it a little bit easier, all right? So, three options. Was it developed in the great U.S. of A? Okay. The land of the free. The home of the brave. The home of the brave. Is it... Like you said, Canada, Okay. land of the maple syrup, that's not really from Canada, (laughs) which I learned as well, (laughs) or (coughs) did it come from China? The hamburger. Hamburger.
1: Or did it come from the Deutschland? I give you four options. I'm going to venture to guess Canada. It was Deutschland. Was it? Yeah. You like how I snuck that one in there at the end. <laughs> like you wait for the last one. You give them three fake choices
0: and then the fourth one is the answer. That's but is let... a cheater. Whoa, <laughs> professional cheater. It was actually... Okay, so here is the background, right? So I got my information from SoYummy.com. It sounded like a good place because it sounded like so it was delicious. Yummy. As well as FirstWeFeast.com and then NatGeo as well. So I got some information from different sites. Hamburger... Uh, according to NPR, uh, came – was first I – g- I guess you could take the roots back to 13th century Asia to Genghis Khan and his homies, his armies. What they used to do is they would ride these horses and underneath the um, – what is it? that The saddles? Underneath the saddles, they would put meat. And then mm. as they rode the horse – They would tenderize it. I was like, yo, bro, I hope they didn't fart, bro. That'd be a shitty shitty meal, man. Yes, man. But what they would do is then they would cook that food. And then obviously you've got like a meat slab, right? Right, right? But then I'm like, wait a second, that's not a hamburger, right? So I continue reading the article. And then it comes, and this made perfect sense to me. It came from Germany, right? The first salted steak slash patty came from Hamburg, Germany. And that's where the Hamburger got the name Hamburger.
1: Hamburger.
0: Right. And uh, the the original created uh, meat slab yeah. uh, was called the Hamburg Steak. It was a patty made of beef and breadcrumbs in the 1800s. And then it uh, it arrived into the state in the 1800s and became popular and became known as the Hamburger.
1: Gotcha. So that makes complete sense. It's
0: the I' One thing I've learned is any... Typically any meat dish There's a good chance It originated from Germany Well Hot would, dog Hot dog How about that any, Where do you think a hot dog came any from Any
1: meat A hot dog I have no clue Frankfurt <laughs> Ah Be frank <laughs> it oh, shit It makes sense Okay, right? okay It makes complete okay, sense
0: okay, To Germans okay, okay, Alright all right. so uh, Eddie you got a fat old goose egg You didn't get that one
1: right Alright so I've got one that I know we've already Talked about before What okay. is the one and I just wanna make sure all of our listeners know the taco al pastor. Mexico. No. Not at all. I didn't even say Not even, the close. Choices. Not <laughs> even close. So now that you know that it's not from Mexico, because I just said it's not from Mexico, <laughs> even though everyone thinks all tacos are from Mexico. Uh,
0: my ignorance self so thought it was definitely <laughs>
1: Mexico. I think any a lot of people would have. I think we even ran a poll. Not long mm-hmm. ago on our Instagram, and more people than I expected actually knew the origin. Uh, but just to clarify for everyone, it's actually of Lebanese origin, okay?
0: And al pastor uh, is pork, traditionally. Yes, pork. traditionally pork. And Lebanon is not traditionally pork-eating, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or non-Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> they are Muslim. They
1: are. Uh, there's a there's a decent divide in, in in the religious, I guess, demographic in Lebanon mm-hmm. overall. But, yes, you're right. So, there, at some point, and I don't remember the quite the years, there was a big Im- immig- immigration wave from that area into Mexico. They brought the shawarma with them, right? Shawarma is typically uh, lamb. Yeah. Right? T- typically, a shawarma is lamb, Alright, Guess what they typically eat it with? something that resembles a tortilla, right? So, introduce that to Mexico where they love their pork. They put that vertical, uh, the vertical grill. I don't remember the actual name it's like for a rotisserie it. Rotisserie grill. Yeah, it's no. like a rotisserie grill. You basically take slabs of meat, you pile them up on top of each other. Well, you marinate the pork first, yeah. and you pile them on top of that grill, and you rotate and cook it. Mm-hmm. And then it there's delicious. a little pineapple at the top that you always gotta have, and uh, and it tastes delicious. Yeah. Now, no, you don't eat. You can't eat it.
0: No, I do not eat it, so I don't know what but, it tastes like.
1: So, the pre- predecessor to the taco al pastor is actually something that makes complete sense and should have told, should tell people where this particular type of taco came from is a taco arabe. Now, I actually don't see many restaurants in the U.S. sell a taco arabe. It's very popular, particularly in the region uh, where my parents are from in Mexico, in the state of Puebla. And it's actually served on a flour tortilla, so more like... Its originator, the shawarma, unlike a corn tortilla, it's made with a a flour tortilla. Mm -hmm. And it is cooked in the same style grill, but not marinated like a taco al pastor is. Okay.
0: Number two, man. See if you can get this one. All right. I'm going to tell you the food. This time I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to tell you the food and I'm going to ask you uh, to guess it, which is not any different than what I said at the beginning. (laughs) 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 Just realized.
1: (laughs) Number two, Nutella. Nutella Hazelnut spread
0: Hazelnut spread Yes Nutella Is it German? Is it Canadian? Or is it Italian?
1: I'm going to take a wild guess And say Italian
0: Ding 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 You got it correct It's actually Italian dude It was made by Pietro Ferrero Pietro. And his son Michel And uh, there were I think it's the Ferrero Is the it Michel
1: guy. or Michele? Okay
0: you can say Michele Spell it's I read Michelle, but probably Michele. It's Michele it? <laughs> 1964. Pietro, he originally created a cream known as oh, I'm gonna destroy this one. Hopefully, our Italian listeners correct me. Uh, Giandu, <laughs> Hot. G,
1: <laughs>
0: G- I A N D U J O T. All right, number one, Pietro, come up with an easier name to say. Nutella is much easier, and that's where his son comes into the picture because his son used his father's hazelnut spread as the predecessor to his Nutella.
1: Gotcha. That, that's pretty cool. Yes.
0: So you're one for one. I'm one for one. Zero, one. So now... And I'm zero. I haven't guessed yet. You
1: haven't guessed. This will be the last guess because we got to wrap it up.
0: You spent 10 ten minutes talking about tacos, El Pastor, and Puebla, and all this shit. We're going... I'm going to win this. So what's
1: the... Okay, so Mole Poblano. Where do you think it originated? I'll give you a couple choices. Uh, the Netherlands, Persia, or Asia. And Asia by... I mean, Far East Asia. So Japan, China, Korea. Where do you think I it don't originated? remember if
0: you told me this one, because I don't remember. I have a horrible memory. But I would... I know... In my research that I did, a lot of food came from Asia. A lot of common food came from Asia, so I'm gonna say Asia.
1: Nope. So it's actually it's uh, from Persia. Oh, from Persia. Yeah, it's of Persian origin. Actually, well, it made it so Latino. I don't know. It actually, but also mole poblano is because. Um, Are you just adding an accent? No, <laughs> throwing me off. So, um, it, it, so it's very much. Um, Mole in general, there's different moles all over That are made all over different regions of Mexico Mole poblano is specifically made in, in Puebla it, Well, it's everywhere in Mexico you can get it But it's, it's, it's best known in Puebla, right? And the best mole poblano you're probably going to find is in Puebla But it's of Persian origin Actually made it to Mexico through Lebanese immigrants also I see, so I we see owe, this trend We owe a lot of our cuisine to Lebanese immigrants you see? You dude, immigrants are amazing. Yeah, they are. They really They're are change the world forever, and for the better. And you know what, man? It
0: brings me to my last one here, man. What is it? Fried chicken.
1: Where do you think fried chicken came from? You mean it wasn't in Kentucky? Here? Colonel, I'll tell Colonel you something, Sanders. Dude. Colonel Sanders. I know here, man.
0: I know we say the United States loves their food, but we're not very good at making our own food. Why not? We're good at eating other people's food. Mm hmm. And uh, fried chicken, I'll give you. I'll let you know. It's definitely not originated in the United States. Okay, well, so definitely Do we get some States. choices? All right. So, all right. Number one, Germany. Okay. Number two, England. Mm-hmm. Or number three, Lebanon. England. Definitely England, man. It goes back. You're fucking over too, dude. Or two for. 0. <laughs> you got this, dude. Uh, yes. The first known recipe of fried chicken. Appeared in a 1747 British cookbook by Hannah Glasse called *The Art of Cookery Made Plain and Easy*, and that was published in 1747. Gotcha. Can you believe that man? Fried chicken, bro. I, I was always thought that's American, as a, as apple pie. Mm. Oh and yeah, fried chicken Friday all goddamn day. They talk about this. They I mean, say the, big,
1: the best fried chicken is the ones you get at gas stations. I would actually agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. But, yes, it's not
0: did not originate in the United States. Yeah, so. And it's important to keep in mind because when you think of the United States, it is a country made of immigrants, right? So these people, when they come over here, they bring their cultures, they bring their food. When I say they, we all bring our cultures, our food, our music, mm-hmm. dance, lifestyles, right? Yeah. So you get that, and when you get the clash of those, you get awesome different dishes and music, right? We do. Right.
1: And even ingredients It's just amazing How change, things can change So I made a, a A relatively expensive Dish with the beef wellington Your mom is gonna teach me How to make burek. Yes Tomorrow Which have. is very similar In overall idea Of ingredients Cause it's beef And puff pastry Yes but it's probably not going to be as expensive as a Wellington. Not nearly. It takes as much time, but not right, nearly not as near. expensive. Yeah. So it's just amazing how different areas, different regions might use very similar ingredients and can create completely different dishes. Dude, food is the way to people's heart, man. Yes. I feel like food is the way to get
0: rid of racism yes. hate. Anytime you get cut off by a Bosnian or a Latino or a, a white person, just think, man, they got good-ass fucking food. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hate them because they brought that shit over here. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for cutting me off and yeah.
1: bringing your delicious food with you. Yeah, I think it's, 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 it's one of the gifts of this world is all the food we have to try. You know, It's one of the reasons I want to continue to travel even more and, and experience more. A big part of it is the food. It's true. A big part of it is food. It's true.
0: So give me one more, man. Give me the last one. If I get it right, I uh, win. Right now, there's no chance for me so to win. So
1: let's go to pasta.
0: Just because I know where this one came from From doing my research
1: ah. and, and it
0: makes sense when you think about
1: it Yeah it does It, it comes from China It comes from China
0: Which typically does have a pasta rich Cuisine I mean. yeah. Cuisine
1: All of Asia has a pasta rich cuisine If I You know I, I would say Yeah I would say my second favorite food to pizza is ramen Oh that's a good one ramen Yeah
0: is delicious I say Which that. I will
1: try to make at some point In the next week or two Yeah and General so so for, for our listeners who
0: love General so chicken, that is not Chinese. <laughs> it's actually Taiwanese. There you go. I looked that one up. It's actually Taiwanese. Um, it was made Don't by a Chinese. Don't call it Chinese food. <laughs> yeah, it's not Chinese. General so does not have chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have, man. Congratulations. You've won our first ever quiz off. And I am the loser. I am proud. And I... <laughs> I'm not going to make up before. <laughs> so, bro, you might as well wipe your ass with $90. Bro. $90 toilet paper. I'll give you that. Yeah. So wrap us up here, Eddie. So before we end the episode, give us a little preview of our next episode that we have lined up.
1: When we talked about diversity in university, one of the last things I talked about was the pay gap between different <laughs> ethnicities, right? Uh, I remember uh, mentioning the report on that episode. And how if people had access to it, we, we have it in the show notes. Go look it up or, you know, I will, we'll put it in the show notes for this one as well or something. Um, but that gave a lot of financial information of graduate students or, or just graduating students, whether it's bachelor's, master's, doctorate. There's a huge difference in pay gap. Now, we're going to explore the data a little more, but we're going to talk about it because it's important to understand why such a such a pay gap between ethnicities and races we know that there is uh, statistically a pay gap between men and women. I think the the stat is like 80 cents to the dollar on average a woman makes 80 cents to the dollar yeah. for the same job or whatever uh, but we want to explore that you know we we, uh, we want to make sure that we cover that base because it is something that we think is very interesting. So yeah man let's, uh, that's what we're gonna talk about for next time so hopefully you guys will be looking forward to it and hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode about food And just to wrap it up guys Amir. You want to, uh... I'm going to steal your thunder here? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no,
0: no. no. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to say thank you again to all of our listeners. We invest a lot of time, a lot of effort into producing these episodes for you. We are trying to provide content that we think is interesting and that you guys would think are is interesting. Let your friends know. Thank you again to all of our new listeners. Welcome to the family. To all of our returning listeners, welcome back. Eddie, wrap us up,
1: man. Yeah, so thanks everyone again. Like we said earlier, go follow us on Instagram. It's where we're most active. Hit those like buttons. Hit us in the DMs. Let us know what you think about the episode or suggestions for other episodes or your takes and opinions on the episodes we release. We'd love to have more conversation with you guys. And that's at 1 out of 10 would recommend on Instagram. You can also send us emails at 1 out of 10 would wreck at gmail.com. And Go rate, review, and subscribe. We're on every audio platform out there. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. You can find us on those platforms. So again, rate, review, subscribe. That really helps us. And until next time, peace out, Girl Scouts.